we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lynn Scott, and today we're talking about being number two, second in charge and enjoying it. Uh, Before we get into the content today, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking a few moments of your time to listen to what I have to say. If the content adds value to your life, if you enjoy it, if it's helping you, I would ask that you do just a couple of things. Number one, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to it at. Uh, hit, give me a review, shoot me a comment, uh, hit me a thumbs up or a, a heart emoji, however that works for you. Uh, if you'll hit the, the stars and rate it, it would be great. And lastly, if it again, the, the content adds value and if you enjoy and it's helping you in your life right where you are, uh, as you're growing in the things of God, share this with somebody that you know it would add value to in their life as well and they could get something out of the content. You know, here at the Anointing Leadership Podcast, our goal is really just to touch people and change lives help people become all that God has called them to be. And uh, today, uh, I'm talking about something that's dear to my heart. Uh, It's about being the number two guy, second in command, and enjoying it. Uh, I think about that, and and, uh, most of the time, people don't want to be number two. Most people say, I don't want to be the second person. You know, they're just like, they're, they're the first follower. The, you know, second place in, in, in any sport arena is just the first loser. And some of us that are very competitive mindset, right, is I don't want to be just that person behind. I want to be out front. Well, as you know, this is the Anointed Leadership Podcast where we're asking God to get upon us his anointing to walk supernaturally natural. So let's open this up with the Bible verse and then I'm going to get into the content. Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 and 27. This is the New Living Translation. It says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your servant, the person that will help somebody else. And very few people in society today are excited about number two. Most of the time, we want to be the man. No, not, not many people aspire to be number two. Uh, we all want to be the guy that has our uh, name on the billboard. We want to be the guy, the name on the sign, or the guy, the keynote speaker, or whatever that is. And, and honestly, very few people become the, the number one, and more people than not are two and below in life and in society. And honestly, we should never get to the place where we're frustrated with that. What we have to do is accept who we are, where we are, and grow and develop as God develops us on the inside of us. I want to talk to you just real quick and just share from my heart to you. Some of you all may know and some may not know, but uh, I am now, as of this this recording, the senior pastor of Abundant Life Church uh, in Radcliffe, Kentucky, and and this is going to drop in June of 2021. But from uh, 1999, 2000 time frame 
to 2020, I was the number two person in charge of Abundant Life Church. I was the guy that supported my uh, pastor, my apostle, the people that were over me. I was the, the head of the second tier leadership, and uh, I was doing that for 20 years. I loved being number two. I never asked for the position that I'm in today. I never desired to be number one. I never be, desired to be the senior leader, the senior pastor, the lead pastor, whatever you want to call that. I always enjoyed being number two. Number two has so many uh, pros, uh, very few cons, in my opinion, from 20 years of experience. But number one, I could go to sleep well at night and never even think about tomorrow. I, I just knew we had a task, we had assignments, we had to get things done, but I wasn't concerned about five years from now. I wasn't concerned about two years from now. I just concerned about the day-to-day, living my life, enjoying it, uh, doing what I needed to do to make sure I kept my job, if you will, uh, and, and just enjoyed whatever I was told. I didn't have to think. I didn't have to be thought leadership. I was just told leadership. You know, tell me what to do. I'll go do it. I just need the approval. Once I get the approval, I go do it. That was Terry, I was happy at number two. My role was associate pastor. I met with people. I counseled people. I preached occasionally. Uh, I oversaw our missions uh, department for many years of overseeing and and connecting with pastors and organizing and helping with trips and overseeing my father-in-law, my apostles' uh, mission trips, coordinating his travel uh, times, my mother-in-law's travel times, overseeing the staff and and making sure that day-to-day operations, overseeing all the departments in the ministry. Uh, we had apartments that the church owned and I managed those and took care of the, the rental properties side of it. So I had a lot of things on my plate. I enjoyed it, man. I, I truly loved it, but I learned some things, you know, and, and I want to share some of those. But the thing is, I never sought out to be number one. And uh, not that it's a bad thing to be number one, not that it's a bad thing to seek out number one. Uh, But the thing was, I enjoyed that second position, the second in command. You know, I was never the PIC, the point, the person in charge. That's not was my desire. I wasn't looking to be Terry, the senior pastor. I was happy at number two for 20 years. And I honestly thought I would be number two for many, many more years. And then all of a sudden, here we are. I'm no longer number two. I'm the person in charge, and it's a whole nother viewpoint. I want to challenge, though, because I really feel impressed in my heart that there's a lot of people listening that you may not be the senior leader uh, and you're second in charge or second in command of whatever that is. You're the supervisor, the manager, and, and you have one direct report above you. And, and how do you do this? Because it gets frustrating at times and, and you're trying to do your best and you don't. What, what do I do? What's the, what's the best way to enjoy where I am while I'm on the way to where I'm going? You know, that's a, kind of one of those uh, religious. Religious uh, cliches, you know, enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Well, where am I going? Well, maybe you really desire to be a senior leader, a senior pastor, a, a leader of a business. So, you know, you want to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, but you're not there yet. Can I tell you, if you'll enjoy being what you are supposed to be today and, and extract and develop into the character and the personality that God wants you to be, man, when you become number one, it will be a lot easier for you. Why? Because you know what it took to get you to where you are and you know 
that it only took God right in your life to do it. And so I wanted to talk about that. You know, a lot of people, when I talk about number two, this is what I felt. Let me just tell you Terry's experience. Um, A lot of people looked at me in the second position and said, well, you don't have the authority to make that decision. Um, So I need to talk to your senior leader. And, And a lot of people will just look down on you as number two and as you're just the assistant and you don't have the authority. And that's not necessarily True. You know, in in any organization, you're going to have a number two guy. And a lot of people don't want to listen to the number two. They always want to listen to the people above them. I still find that today. So before I became the, the senior leader, a lot of people would call the ministry or want to talk to our pastor. And before they could, they had to go through me. That was the policy here is that until you talked with Terry, you couldn't talk with Pastor Marty or Jimmy. And Terry would be the one that that would sift through the important things versus the urgent things for their life. That's what the second person in charge should do is, is sift through things that don't take away the value of the senior leader while we can manage certain other things. We got to add value to them, push them to where they're going while we're still dealing with everything else in our in here. Uh, and the thing is, is that number two position, not everybody respects it. Not everybody likes it. Not everybody, you know, even if I was told to do something by my pastor and said, pastor said to do this, a lot of people looked at me and said, yeah, but I want to talk to pastor. And it's like, you're talking to pastor because she or he told me this is what we're doing. And, and still they wanted to go around it. And how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you manage that? How do you be number two and still deal with some of those things? We're going to talk a little bit about that over the next two weeks and, or the next two podcasts. I want to talk a little bit about this. Most people have a hard time with number two because they've killed a lot of trees to write a lot of books to uh, tell people how to be the senior leader, how to invest in the senior leader and how to delegate. And by the way, we talked about delegating last podcast. If this is your first time, I challenge you to go back and get that one. But how to do all of that and how to be uh, motivational and how to be a better you and how to how to, you know, to, to build yourself. But very few books are written on how to be number two properly. What is the role of the number two guy? What does that look like? How should I operate as the second person in command? What, what, what should I do and what shouldn't I do? How do I effectively navigate what I hear from my senior leader to the, everybody else that's looking to me? Because I'm their direct reports and I have one report above me. And how do we do all this? How do we juggle this? Very few people have written a book on how to be number two and do it effectively. And so I want to talk about uh, that today. And, and, and here's the thing. Being number two is not a bad thing. A lot of people want to spend an hour with the number one, but the number two always walks with them. I think about that with so many different people. I think about it with, you know, people like Jesus. So many people wanted to get around Jesus, but he had 12 guys that were with him all the time. And those 12 guys changed the world. We say Jesus changed the world. He did. He died on the cross and he shed his blood and received all the beatings on his back. But it wasn't till the 12 went out and began to tell people about what Jesus did. Nobody wanted to deal with the disciples. They all wanted to get around Jesus until Jesus was gone. And then the people that changed the world were the 12 men. Come on. And that's the thing is we got to become comfortable with who we are and who we are submitted to. When we have a good leader in front of us and we're submitted to them, I don't want to be something that I'm not. And I don't want to be them. I want to just glean from them. Here's one thing that I learned in all 20 years of being number two is this. I can change my perspective. I can either be their assistant or I can be their mentee. 
They're my mentor and I'm the mentee. I'm going to extract, and this is the one thing I extracted so much from them, my leaders, my, my, my pastor, my apostle, that for 20 years that I submitted my life to them, that I extracted so much because I, I believed that they had something for me. I may not have agreed with everything, and you shouldn't be a yes man. I may, I may have seen some things that I didn't like, but it wasn't my place to correct or my place to challenge or my place. I didn't care about all that. What I changed my perspective from was an assistant or just the second person to their mentee. I was the guy. I was going to become their protege. I was going to listen to them. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm the student. And that's the way I, I began to learn. And after about five or six years of being number two is realizing that they know more than I do. They've been in it longer than I have. They have a vision. They have a, 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 a revelation from God that I need. And instead of me going to prayer, I'm just going to learn it from them. And this, how to be number two and be effectively enjoying it, this is the key. Number one is you got to get away from just being a servant or an assistant or just number two to, hey, I'm extracting everything I can from these people that I'm serving today. Here's the biggest, I keep saying biggest, but here's a great takeaway. You know, behind every great leader, there's a first follower. After behind every great individual, there's somebody that's a first follower. Jesus had three of them, Peter, James, and John. They had, he had three people that walked with him as first followers. We know that John was his beloved. We know that Peter was the guy that he, he had most problems with, but he became the loudest in the book of Acts. And so what happens is I'm just going to be the first follower. I'm going to be the guy that's going to follow first, and I'm going to help them become very successful. Why? Because I'm going to extract everything that I can from them. Here's I've got five things that I think are so vital to being number two and enjoying it. Today, I'm going to give you two of them. And then in, in the next drop uh, podcast that we drop, the other three will drop in there. But here's the thing. How do, how do you be number two and enjoy it? What does that look like? What, is, what does it mean to enjoy it? That means to be comfortable to be satisfied, not desire, number one, that I'm not looking for more than what I have, but I'm enjoying it. I am learning and I'm doing everything I can and, and excited that I can go to bed at night, wake up in the morning, know that I'm not responsible for the overall thing. I'm just responsible for the day-to-day operations. And, and here's the thing. I get to enjoy the benefits of the league guy. I get to enjoy conversations. I get to enjoy dinners and lunches and, and meetings and coffee moments and, and just ask questions. And I have access to that person's life that a lot of other people want to be around. And a lot of other people want to have that little bit of influence. I went from being a servant or an assistant to I'm I'm a student, man. I'm just going to, every moment I can, I'm going to extract this from them. I'm going to grow from their life. But being number two, there's more than just sitting in a room and asking questions. It's effectively doing what you're supposed to do. And how do you do that? How do you manage what you think versus what they say? How do you manage what they want and what you think? How do you manage their way of doing something and your way of doing things? How do you balance seeing all their imperfections while knowing that God has anointed them. How do you do that effectively? And how do you push them to great success in their life? I want to think that when I was around Jimmy and Marty Squires, that I made them successful. I made their life 
so much easier, not because I just did everything they told me, but because I was a good number two. I was able to propel them to add value to their life and add value to the people around them by removing things off their plate that they didn't have to deal with. That's what being a good number two is, is you realize your role, but you also got to help them understand their role and you've got to walk in what you're anointed to do, which is remove things, weight off of their plate so that they can do the, the more valuable things that a senior leader should be doing in any organization or church. And so let's talk about the two things today that I want to get into. Number one, here's what it means to be number two and how to do it effectively and how to enjoy it. Number one, you've got to help the senior leader clarify their own role. <laughs> now that's tough. That means you've got to tell the senior leader when they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. Uh, here's the deal. If you have ever been a, around a senior leader, they're going to meddle in your business. They're going to poke themselves. I'm talking to the number twos today, but you senior leaders, you can learn from this as well, just like I can. Is the senior leader poking around in the, in the business or meddling in the business of the second in charge is going to create a ton of problems. You're going to hinder the growth. You're going to hinder the progress. You're going to create frustration. You're going to create irritation. You're going to create agitation when that senior leader is doing what the second tier and below should be doing. They're going to look at you and say, what are you doing my job for? Why are you paying me? Why are you hiring me? I said that numerous times to my, my, the, the, my leaders over the years is, why are you paying me if you're going to do it? Don't you know that this is what you pay me to do? And, and those are conversations that not out of disrespect, but when they start meddling, then what happens, it creates frustration. You know what I'm talking about. If you're second tier leadership, you know what I'm talking about when the senior leader comes in to do something and it changes everything, blows everything up, and you're like, what just happened? Why? Because you second person in charge, you trustworthy one, you the one that has a voice to the senior leader have not helped them understand and clarify their role. That It's not you to tell them, you just got to help them clarify their role. You know, we, we got to realize our roles are the day-to-days. Your role, senior leader, watch, is the overall vision. You've got to add value to the overall vision, not the day-to-day -day operations. And, and we love you and we respect you, but let's clarify, that's a day-to-day -day situation. And, and honestly, you might be the senior leader, but you're, you're affecting the, the ability to pr pr produce uh, quality, you know, whatever it is, product or quality work, teamwork when you keep interfering with the day-to-day. -day. We just need you to cast a vision like Habakkuk says, write it down, make it plain, but that's it. Then everybody else reads it and runs with it. That's what senior leaders role is, is to write it down, make it plain and let everybody else run with it. And when we, as the second in command, learn to voice that to that individual, that senior leader and help them understand what their role is and what your role is, you're going to find a greater balance, a greater uh, meshing together of the whole team and the senior leader. The reason why most senior leaders meddle into the second tier positions is because they feel the weight of the overall ministry or the business. You know, they don't tend to see through the lens of day to day. They see the big picture and they don't feel as if the day to day operations are accomplishing the big picture. They don't see the progress 
that they're hoping to do it. And what you have to realize is help them understand that the day-to-day is going to be very, it's going to be a, a, a mule plowing through some red clay. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. And you've got to keep them abreast. You've got to re- help them understand their job is to find vision. Their job is to do the important things of, of strategy and signing off and, and getting into prayer, whatever that looks like. And the, But the reality is the reason why they meddle is because they see it from overall and the progress isn't fast enough. And what happens is when you under, help them understand that role is to go find the vision, go keep casting vision. When you teach them that or you help them clarify that and you let them know when they're meddling, they'll pull away and they'll let you do what you're supposed to do. Here, here's the thing. How do you do that, though, in the second in command? You know, that, that you're to remove the pressure of the day-to-day operations so the senior leader can focus on the higher value things that only they can do. How do you do that? That means you report. You don't report everything. You don't storytell. You report. You know, you report. Uh, it's not storytelling. It's not the drama. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, a, I don't like the stories. I don't care about the stories. I don't care about the drama. I, I here's the thing that I, 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 I've never done this, but I, I, as I've studied this, as I begin to think about this, uh, I'm implementing an IIR, if you will, an issue, an impact and a recommendation. Cause honestly, I'm not interested in details. I'm the leader. That's not interested. Now, my father-in-law, who's my apostle, he don't care about details. My mother-in-law, who was my pastor, she was a detail-oriented individual. Not that she wanted to give details, but she wanted to hear details. So the problem was, is I was issuing what the, I was telling them what the issue was. Here's the impact and here's my recommendation. And, and my father-in-law would say, got it, got it. Okay, do this. My mother-in-law would want to sit down for an hour and talk about it. And honestly, I'm not that guy. Now you have two types of leaders. You have those types of leaders in your life and you got to determine how you deal with this. But what you do is you get them away from all of the problems and as a whole and you talk to them about the issue. Here's what the impact is. Here are my recommendations. See, this is how you keep them in their clarifying their role. All I need is approval on, on a recommendation. I don't need them to think about all of the problems. This is your clarifying roles. Your job, second in command, is to put out fires and issue recommendations. It's their job to, to approve the recommendation. Come on, this is how you do it. It's clarifying the role. How do you be number two and really enjoy this? Is You are the one that's day-to-day. Fire, you're the fire extinguisher. You're the guy that you know brings water to the thirsty and you you bring heat to the cold. You you take care of everything in day to day and you clarify the role by you don't ask them how what their recommendation is. What you do is you bring to them the day-to-day issues and what those impacts are, and then here are your recommendations. Why do you do that as the second in charge? Why? Because you hold the, th- the thermostat and the temperature of all the rest of the workers, all the little bee workers and all the little people, uh, no disrespect, but to the, all the people doing all the little things, and you hold, you know what's going on, and so you have a recommendation that's greater for everybody involved rather than just the senior leader. you got to keep the roles clarified. If they have to start thinking, if they have to come up with recommendations, now you've crossed over. Listen, they're now doing your job. Your job is the second in charge is give an issue, tell us what the impact is, and offer the recommendation. Uh, This is kind of, you know, when you move, uh, when that when you move, that second person in command can move the leader to the greater task of leading the overall vision. Uh, then you 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 have actually 
put yourself in that second person in command and you've actually done your job. Clarify the role. Don't let them meddle in day to day by simply don't ask them for the recommendation for the day to day. You second in command, you second person in charge, you give the issue, talk about the impact and offer recommendations for their approval, right? This is kind of what it is. It kind of leads me into the second thing as being in second in charge. Number one, you got to clarify their rules. You got to help them understand what their role is because they'll forget just like you'll forget, but you keep, keep pushing them. Hey, sir. Hey, ma'am. Um, we appreciate that, but let, let's, let's get back. This is my job. This is why you pay me. This is why I'm here. Let me do my job, please. And I'm going to ask you just to give me the approval if that's okay with you. And there's no disrespect in my opinion. This is how being number two and enjoying it. Number two, this is part of being number two. You, you're, you're, you have the ability and the grace to embrace these uncertainties and make it an adventure in your life. I believe it. The second thing is be a problem solver, not a problem creator. This is a lot of content, but that's why we're doing it in two. Uh, the first one is you got to help them clarify their goals. The second or their role, as well as your role. The second one is you got to be a problem solver, not a problem creator. Most second people in charge will create more problems than solve them. Why? Because you go to the, the senior leader and you, you issue all of the issues. You tell them what all the impact is. And then what happens? You never give a recommendation. You're looking for them to give you a recommendation and you got, you create problems when you don't, when you don't solve them. And here's the thing. I said it earlier and I'm going to say it again. I don't need, I don't need to give my team. I don't need to give anybody underneath me all of the recommendations. If I'm giving them recommendations, then they're not doing their job. It's creating a problem for me because my mind now has to go away from the bigger picture for Terry and what my role is as the senior leader and come over here and try and figure out their job. And all I'm doing is doing everything for them except for going and telling them or paying for it. And here's the thing is you got to be a problem solver, not a creator for your senior leader. This is how second people in charge think is how can I take the weight of the day-to-day operations off of my senior leader so they can do the more valuable things that they need to do and only they can do and instead of creating problems for them this is the this is the biggest thing how do you do that though watch you have to get the spirit behind the leader on you 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 have to get his spirit her spirit upon you you got to walk the way they would walk you find this in the book of Luke, we talked about it in, in the end of May. That podcast that dropped about delegating is Jesus assigned them and they went out and did exactly what Jesus did and were excited about it. You find it in Elisha from Elijah, that mantle that got upon Elisha. And Elisha operated in a double portion of Elijah's anointing. So you got to get the anointing on you from that individual. This is what I mean. Every problem that your senior leader would ever face that you now have faced before them, you should know how to answer. You should know what they're going to answer. You should know what they desire the outcome to become. You should know this. This is how you create uh, or solve problems without creating issues. You've got to be a problem solver. And when you get the spirit of that person upon you, when you get the way they think and you, you, you get into the vein of them, what's happening is, is now you're answering questions just like them. I remember in my life for 18 to 15 to 18 years, 
I could answer questions for Jimmy Squires and Marty Squires. I asked the Lord every day, Lord, give me their, their spirit. Give me their attitude. Give me the way. Now, I, I, this isn't weird. This is just biblical. This is supernatural. The Anointed Leadership Podcast. And, and Lord, help me understand them and what their desire is so I don't have to bog down the simple decisions of smelling things and toilet paper and water. I, I don't want to bother them with things like that. I want them to be able to do what God's called them to do, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be a problem solver rather than a problem creator. I've got to get their attitude, their mindset, the way they think. Even from phone calls, I would, I would filter phone calls, things that they should take and things that they shouldn't take. I learned it over time. I asked questions. I said, I got a phone call. I'm going to call them back. Do you want to call them? This is what they're talking about. And when every time they say no, it registered. They don't want to talk about this stuff. I can deal with that stuff for them. Uh, guest speakers coming in. I realized I learned really, really quick that I don't want to bog them down with trying to make them feel like they have to tell somebody no. I know what type of speakers they want to bring in. I know who they enjoy. So I can, I can sift through all that. They didn't even know they got a phone call. And this is the, pro, this is the issue that I think with um, second people in charge is you, you, we create too many problems for our senior leaders because we don't think like they think. We create problems because we're asking them to give us res- resolutions to problems that we should be putting out. Stop being a problem creator and start being a problem solver. How? Learn them, understand them, develop and grow underneath them and start sifting and filtering out phone calls and letters and emails and conversations and start putting out fires rather than starting fires without causing frustration and agitation to the senior leader so that they can do the more valuable things that only the senior leader can do. Look, there's so much in this that we could talk about today, but as we're talking about being number two, and enjoying it, there's certain things that we have to learn. There's certain things that we have to develop and we have to grow in. Most of the time, people want to be number one. We read books about being great leaders, but very few people can help us be number two and enjoy it and do it very effectively. Uh, from 20 years of my experience, I want to challenge you in this Anointing Leadership Podcast is watch. Help your senior leader clarify their role while you're clarifying yours. Your day-to-day, their overall vision. Also, second thing is you be a problem solver, not a problem creator. You remove weights. You remove frustrations. You remove agitations from the senior leader. And when you get their spirit upon you, what's happening now is you're able to answer like them. You're able to talk like them. You're able to make sure that everything that they would do, you know, and they don't have to bother with it. They can, they can meet people. They can be in prayer. They can, they can do what they need to do. They can cast vision. They can, make, uh, they can sign off on strategic budgets and, and high-value items in their, in their organizations, and they don't even think about the small details. Look, delegate. We, we, we talked about it uh, a podcast ago uh, about delegation. Go listen to that. And you've got to learn how to delegate just like they'll have to learn to delegate, which means you're, you're problem-solving rather than problem-creating. Again, this is the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm Terry Linscott, your host. Thank you once again for joining me. Again, if the content has helped you, please share it with people that you know. Give me a review. Give me some ratings. Um, give me a comment. And anything we can do to help you, let us know. Until next time, I call you blessed. And may the anointing of God get upon you stronger to do what God's called you to do. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.